Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to be Human. This will be episode number 70, Basic Marketing for Riders. I, I can't think of a, a, a more important and, and more talked about topic than marketing. I, I know on the show over a number of episodes, we, we've had you know brief uh, clips of, of our ideas about it and some of the issues with, that we've had to deal with and that other writers uh, seem to have had to deal with. But I, I think it's better to have a, an entire show about it, just sort of to get all the facts out, to get the air cleared, so to speak, and, and, and to really put on the, the right emphasis of what we're talking about and what we really believe is, is important for you to consider. Okay? Now, regardless of how much marketing I might have done, or even haven't done you know, in some cases, uh, it's still a critical thing to talk about and it's still a critical thing to have a, a real understanding on. You still need to put your own thumb on it, your own spin on it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, because this is not the Bible of marketing here. You're not going to listen to the show and now you're good to go for the next 50 years. Things continue to change. You have to learn to, to change with them. Now, the, the first thing that's really have changed that, that a writer still don't seem to get, and, and I expect you to really take this to heart, is uh, this is the year 2019, okay? We're, we're not in 1952, all right? Uh, you're not going to mail a manuscript in and, and some guy or gal, you know, over a cigarette and a coffee is going to read it and say, oh, Eureka, and uh, give you a phone call and now you could be rich. It, it doesn't work that way anymore, okay? What's expected of you is that you already have a marketing plan. What that means is that you're not going to find a single publisher out there. I don't care if they're independent and small Mid, mid-less ones, academic-related ones, uh, even the, the, the biggest ones out there. And this also includes agents now, too. They expect to see a marketing plan. So what's going to happen is, is that if you've generated some sort of uh, interest about your project and you actually get a reply back, uh, yeah, um, we like to see the whole thing now. And uh, by the way, because that's the key right there, by the way, um, what is your marketing plan? And this is what we're going to talk about on this show because you can't start from scratch when they literally ask you, what is your marketing plan? I mean, at that point, if you don't have nothing, you're in deep trouble already. So it's a bad idea to even approach anybody without a plan. Okay. That means these days you already have to have a plan in, in, in place. You already have to have Okay, a whole means that you believe might be working to sell your book. Now, nobody can tell you, including these people that might publish you, what's going to work or not. I can't even tell you that. No, nobody really knows exactly what's going to work. They know the things that you should be trying to do that might work, but what takes off and what doesn't, that's very hard to say. Some of it has to do with you know, your, your, your technique and your attitude. Some of it might have to just do with... Uh, with the reach you created, some of it might have to do with just the material. You know what I mean? 
if you wind up making yourself in a, in a niche, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I, I was talking to a lady that um, wanted to write, um, well, actually not wanted to write, she was in the midst of writing um, a Western that pretty much had an African-American spin on the whole experience uh, of those folks, everything from law enforcement to uh, working with Indian tribes and, and, and dealing with sometimes with uh, Mormons, because this was out in the Utah area and all that. And God knows it sounds interesting, but what market is that going to be? And are you, are you confining yourself, you know, to just Westerns or maybe just to African-American literature? Hard to really know. Just to be able to put the marketing spin on that alone is, is complicated, besides all the techniques and all the things we're going to talk about on the show. So it, that's a, sometimes that could be a real conundrum because you have to make decisions, you know. And oftentimes for a writer like that, um, they we have to make sometimes the, the, the closest decisions to their heart about do you want to be an African-American who writes Westerns or, or do you want to be a, a Western writer who happens to be African-American? Uh, you got to be able to make some choices on that because, believe it or not, the marketing angle and the spin on that, it might determine about how well the book's received, if it's received at all, how well it could sell. You know, and, and I, 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 I like to speak direct, folks. I, I don't like to, to put parlance. I just don't. So, I mean, what I'm saying to you straight is, is that uh, can you market and do you have a book that can go to uh, an audience beyond the African-American community? That, that's the only way to directly put it. I know we live in sensitive times now where you can't say this and you can't say that. I'm not a believer in that. I'm a writer and I'm going to say what I think is important. If you don't like it, you, there's other shows. It's just really that simple. And that's really the question that person has to ask. Okay? So if they got to go through a political committee and talk to the church and, you know, X, X, Jesus, what's, uh, what's the best answer? That's fine. But those answers have to be derived already. Because when you're talking to people in the publishing world or the Asian world, they're going to ask those questions. And they might not be as, as delicate as I've been on the show about it. They might, because it's business. You know? It's not, it's not going to be uncommon for, for an agent to directly say to you, um, who are you trying to sell this book to? It's, it's an honest question. And in fact, it, it might be the most relevant question when you're putting together the whole marketing package and when they're trying to size up who you are and what you're trying to do. So it's a, it's a fair question. Even though some people might find that rough, that's, that's the truth. You're not, you're not dealing with artists when you're going in this fashion, folks. You're dealing with business people. Okay? They can tell you all day long in the email about... Yeah, my uncle is a novelist, and my, my sister paints, and, you know, I got an uncle who teaches poetry and, and, you know, and blah, blah, university. That's all lovely. Whether any of that's true or not, who knows? But I tell you, none of that is relevant, because in the end, they got to speak to the business of what they're doing. As an agent, you know, that's how they make their money, by trying to find books that can convince a publisher is going to sell well enough, and they're going to want examples, and this is what you're going to have to deal with, Okay. Now, one of the first things to deal with on marketing is you already have to be prepared, okay? So that means that before your book is done, before you're out there pitching it to anybody, agents or publisher or whatever, you already have to have a presence already established, folks. You can't do that three days after someone ex possibly accepts you. It doesn't work that way, okay? And all these stories about people who, who got a book and... 
uh, it got accepted and they didn't have to do anything and, and the, the publisher carried it from that. Uh, those are celebrities or, or those are fantasy stories. There might be some a couple of extreme exceptions, but folks, if you know anything about business, if you know anything about working in the real world, okay, you can't manage anything by exceptions. You have to go by where the standard things are going. And the standard things is that no one's going to take you seriously if you don't have a plan. So you already have to be prepared. And here are some of the steps to be prepared towards that direction. I'm not saying you need to do this before you start writing your book. I am saying is you need to do this before you start pitching your book. Before it's done or before you're trying to talk about it even. You really have to have these things in place. Number one, you really need to have a personal author website. I, I, folks, you don't have to spend a million dollars on it. it. It doesn't have to be the greatest and, and the most beautiful website in the world. It could look, it could weird, it could look a little weird and clunky. But I'm telling you, just having it alone already tells somebody, uh, whether it's a reader, or uh, a publisher, or an agent, it already tells them that you're taking this seriously. That you're already starting to have a plan. That you want to have a presence out there. They need to see that. Otherwise, it's easy for folks just to write you off. I, I know it's in, it sounds incredible. It probably even sounds grossly unfair. Let me get this straight here. Uh, I've spent uh, 17 months on this novel uh, about um, aliens that are, uh, that are purple and have green eyes and they live on planet Xeon, but um, they uh, don't take me seriously because I don't have a, a website and I don't have a social media presence, which is what we're going to be talking about next. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what they're going to do. It doesn't doesn't have to be fair. That's how it is. You'll literally get a packet. It'll actually, the packet, okay, it's going to ask you direct and detailed questions about your marketing plan. It is going to be so extensive. It is going to be so long that I swear to you, the, the part about what your book's about and can you send us the, the whole manuscript and can you give us a synopsis, it's like a quarter of a page and you got like three pages of your marketing plan. What does that tell you? It tells you about what their emphasis are. It tells you about it's show business, folks. Now show art. That's what it is. That's literally what it is. It takes that long. All right, so folks, even readers, but especially agents and, and, and publishers will not take you seriously. I'm telling you they will not if you don't have a plan into effect. So they want to know, do you have a personal website? Does that website have links to some of your writings as samples? Are you having a sample chapter maybe that people can, can check out? Which is I, I would definitely recommend for you to do. Do you have other things that, that are out there? Uh, then they're going to want to know what, what your social media presence is. And folks, it just depends on what publisher you're talking to or even what agent you're talking to on how extensive they want it. I've literally seen a sheet that said, we expect you to have 5,000 followers or more on your various social medias, media platforms or we won't even look at your book. Literally, it said that. And, and, and some don't. Some just say that we, we want to see what kind of media presence you have. But quite frankly, you know, if you got some, you know, if you got some half-ass uh, Facebook uh, site with, you know, 26 likes and, you know, and a half a poem or something, even though they might not be asking you for more details about about all that you've done on social media, they're going to check that out, and it, it might not exactly impress them. It's not the same thing as a personal website 
They don't expect you to be rich, and they don't expect you to be the perfect about putting it together. You know, they just expect that it's out there and that you're trying to reach people already. But social media is far different. They expect a whole lot more. They want to know because they're going to read stuff. They're going to look at things. You know, if you're proposing to them, uh, uh, let's say uh, that you're proposing to them a, a fantasy novel, okay? Uh, the green dude with the blue sword, okay? Sorry, fantasy writers. That's that's the kind of stuff I think about when I think of fantasy writers, all right? Um, they're going to they're gonna want to be able to see that even as you're putting that book together, uh, that you, you've had some communications already. Hey, folks, I'm still working on this thing. It's coming on to be done. We, we hope in about six months or so, but here goes the sample chapter. Oh, guess what? In chapter six, which I just completed, you know, um, the uh, the purple dude with the green sword he he just killed the the the, the king from from the from the purple planet. I mean, they're gonna want to see stuff like that. They want to see that you're trying to get people engaged, that you're trying to get your message out, that you're trying to elicit some responses. You know, they want to see maybe if you got an email list you're trying to create. Some people do that on personal sites. I would definitely recommend that if you can. Have people subscribe to stuff that you're doing. This way you can send them stuff. Hey, um, this thing just got picked up. And uh, I can't tell you exactly when it's going to come out, but I will when I find out. And meanwhile, stay tuned, and I'm going to give you some little tidbits and some little clues and some little hints and blah, blah, blah. Keep people interested. That's what they want to see. All right? Usually they want you to be on more than one social media presence. So just having one Facebook thing, no matter how nice it is, you know, don't be surprised if someone asks you, uh, um, uh, sir or, or ma'am, are you aware that there's multiple sites and presences out there and you're only on one? So basically they're expecting you to be on a couple. And I would definitely encourage you to do so. You know, maybe some Instagram stuff, Facebook, Twitter, you know, LinkedIn, wh whatever you can think of. Not to mention and also trying to tie that into your personal website too that you have for, for writing. Now it has to be a writing website and that really helps. Some people do a combination website where they'll sell things or they'll talk about other things in their life and they'll do writing. I don't really have a problem with that, but what I would just say is try to make sure that it has enough balance, okay? You, you, you don't want to publish looking at your social web site and, it, you know, it has 97 articles on, you know, knitting scarves for, for cats and it has like two articles about your writing because it's not really going to show that you're having the emphasis that they're expecting, it doesn't really show you having the outreach. It just shows you're doing a bare minimum thing. Again, you can get away with bare minimum things with a personal website for writers, but you can't get away with that to social media because that's where they're expecting you to reach the most people. They're expecting you to get strangers that might be interested. They're expecting you to go into various groups, and we'll talk about that here in, in, in a moment. They're also expecting you know to have family and friends involved. You're outreaching to them. Hey, uncle. I know we haven't talked in about four years, but uh, I'm, I'm putting together a novel, and I'd like to be able to think that I can count on you, you know, a person's purchasing it and checking it out. And, uh, you know, and please stay in touch, and, you know, thank you, and I hope Aunt May is feeling better, you know, blah, blah, blah. Those are the things that you're going to be writing, because I'm sorry to say that you're not really going to have uh, the privacy. So you're going to obviously want to be careful about what you do, because you are asking people when you send that thing back and you sign it to check your stuff out, okay? So, if you got a site that mixes other things in, you got to make sure that those things are compatible. There can be some freaky stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. 
You can't be talking about your Western novel on one hand, and then three pages down, you know, there's some guy in leather getting whipped in the basement, and you're making jokes about it. That might not impress them, unless it's relevant to your book. So you want to try to keep that in mind. Stay on message, okay? They talk about that on political camps, camp, campaigns sometimes. And I actually have a lot of experience in that field. Because I used to do that work a long time ago. And that was one of the things that you had to always remind the staff. Stay on message. All the time. Whether you're out there having a sandwich away from the campaign with somebody who's talking to you. Whether you're on a phone call with some senior citizen. You know, that once they ask you about, um, uh, yeah, um, is this guy running for office? Is he going to, like, consider subsidizing a, a small van that can go around the city and help seniors that don't have transportation to get to their veterinary appointments for their cats? I'm not even making this up. That was actually a question. You want, to, you want to stay on message. Staying on message means you're talking about the things that are necessary that the campaign is trying to put out there. And it also means, too, that it keeps you from getting yourself in trouble about things that you're not doing. The nicest way to say it is you don't want to promise something that you can't do. It's one of the worst things in politics that you want to stay away from. And sometimes people in politics or, or, or politicians in general, these things happen to them not because they're liars, not because they're deceitful people, not because they're saying anything to get voted on. It's because sometimes they have campaigns and staffs that get off a message, get silly, get a little too enthusiastic. And the next thing you know, you got people running with that, you know. The next thing you know, she's you know she's sitting down with the with the local paper. Yeah, uh, his campaign staff said that they were going to seriously look into subsidize small shuttle vans so that we can get our our cats to the veterinarians. Those are the seniors that don't really have the transportation anymore, or it's been revoked for them because of their health issues or blindness or you know eye problems and stuff like that. That happens to seniors. The next thing you know, the paper's running that, and now you got to go respond to that just from an innocent phone call. It's the same thing with social media. You want to stay on message about your book. That's why, ultimately, it's better to have a, a site that's simply just dedicated to writing. But I know that some people, they, they have a mixed media bag on that, and that's fine. Just make sure you have a good area that does that then. Because if you do have a, a, a dedicated section, you have a more advanced site, you can have other stuff. Even if it's off message and you just remind people when you're sending things back to the agent or to the publisher. Hey, listen, uh, on that personal website, you know, I'm, I'm selling some pottery I'm doing over here. And I also got this thing on rescuing, uh, you know, uh, frogs from the pond. And I got this other thing over here about, you know, African hunger. And then I got this other thing about my writing. There's a tab. And it's all dedicated to that. If you let them know that, this way they don't judge you harshly or they don't look at the other things and go, what the heck is this? Because you already told them this is what you're doing. If you give them fair warning, you're going to be okay. If you don't, you know, and you got some freaky thing on there, that, that could be an issue. I, I'm sorry to say it takes the smallest things for people to say no. And, and why is that? And, and here's why. They get, percentage-wise, probably the most things that anybody can get in writing. I don't, I don't care how popular of a literary journal you have. You don't get nothing compared to what a publisher gets, no matter what size they are, or an agent. Literally thousands. They can't hire enough people to read all the stuff they get. So just keep this in mind. They're human beings, okay? And they have a process they have to go through, and they have people above them asking questions, you know? They might even have quotas. Hey, listen, um... 
we got this budget, and um, I expect this quarter for you guys to, to give me at least seven or eight books that we think can do well in this genre or that genre, or maybe they just say seven or eight books in general, but whatever. They have quotas they have to meet. They have expectations that have to be met. So when they have 3,000 inquiries or books or, or whatever in there, their first inkling is, well, what can I start eliminating so I can get to the stuff that uh, might be closer to what they're asking me about, meaning they're, they're superiors. So that's a negative process. So if you don't have a media plan, doop, you're gone. If I was them and I had that mandate, that's what I would have to do too. Even if I'm a writer and I understand things, even if I'm sympathetic to you, that's what I would have to do. I have to do that on my literary journal on a regular basis. I put out, and this is no boast, it's the God's honest truth, probably the most detailed guidelines anywhere out there. I literally have compliments on my guidelines. And I still have people that, that do dumb things. And it's obvious they didn't even bother to read the guidelines. Now, I'm not so fanatical that I don't want to read something after someone doesn't read the guidelines. But there's certain things that, you know, you, you just can't, you can't abide by. It's just disrespectful and, and a huge time waster. So you might have to just send stuff back. And on their, on their front, it's far different. It's business. It's nothing personal. It's nothing emotional. There's nothing reflecting on, wow. That was such a great book. It's too bad I have to reject it because they don't have a media plan. No, they're never even reading your book, folks. So don't worry about that. They're never getting that far. <laughs> you send them an inquiry and you don't have all this stuff. Forget it. It's just not going to happen. They're going to be eliminating things. And that's what they're going to do. So you need to be prepared more than ever before in the field of writing. Because now, these days... Writing is a great deal about not only the business of getting published and, and selling books, but also because the world has changed uh, with, um, with e-books and the internet and email and Amazon and, and, and the marketplace has, has changed and the consolidation of, of many publishing houses. They don't have the, even the same, the same polar effect that they had on people even just 25 years ago. It's that seriously changed. So you have to seriously consider it. I've had writers tell me privately, <coughs> excuse me, Mark, um, I want to stick to all the literary stuff. And I even want to stick to uh, maybe doing some literary books, but I don't want to go commercial. I just don't think it's worth my time. I don't want to go through all that stuff. That's a very personal decision. I'm not going to tell somebody, go do this and go do that. I would only say that to you if you tell me what your goal is. Mark, my goal is to get a, a commercial science fiction uh, book out there. I love the Vincent conventions and, you know, do some radio shows and, you know, just really have a, have a, have a part of that. Well, these are the things you're going to have to do. Boom. Social plan. Social media plan. Marketing plan. Personal website. Et cetera, et cetera. That's what I would tell you because that's what's necessary. And to not send somebody prepared into the world is, to me, not only unethical, it's the equivalent of being a bad parent. And I'm a parent. And I know that as much as I love my children, I can't be their friend. And as much as I love my children, ultimately, whatever I'm doing over here 
it, it can't be a, a ego fest of I'm giving them my wisdom because I got some wisdom from my father and blah, blah, blah. This is not Little House in the Prairie, folks, okay? This is real life. And in real life, what you're really doing is you are doing everything you can to prepare your child for the world. The world as it is now, not the world 50 years ago. The world as it is now, which is part of all the stuff we're talking about right now, which means a far greater emphasis on academic stuff earlier than ever expected. My kids are doing stuff that I didn't do until many years after in the school. They're doing it earlier now, three, four years earlier, because all this common core nonsense that's supposed to make kids smarter and get them better prepared are one of those wonderful ideas, but I'm not really sure how well that actually works. But nevertheless, that's what they have to deal with, and I have to prepare them with it. If I can't change the school system, I have to work with it. That's just only the two things you have to do. There's no different in writing, folks, and there's no different than what we're talking about on, on marketing and the publishing world. You can't change how they're operating. There's nothing that you can do about that. So either you're going to cooperate or you're going to be rejected. But please don't misunderstand me. Just because you cooperate doesn't mean you're not going to get rejected. It just means you have a greater chance that you might get picked up. You're definitely not going to get picked up if you don't do any of this stuff. It's just that simple. So please keep this in mind. Have the plan ready before you even talk to an agent, before you even try to send anything over to a publisher. I don't care if it's Scooby-Doo publishers down the block or Random House. It doesn't matter who it is. They're all going to be asking for this. They expect your plan. They expect you to get deeply involved. It, the world is so different right now. Okay? You sign, if they take your book and they sign the contract, there's going to be marketing aspects of the contract that they're expecting you to do. It, it, there'll literally be things about we expect you to do some radio interviews, maybe some we set up, maybe some that you go solicit it yourself, and we like to see you get being doing that. We expect you to be out there in your uh, social media presence talking about this stuff. We expect you to be out there doing all kinds of stuff to promote the book that we have just spent money on to put out there for you. We don't expect you writing the next book. We don't expect you to be in, in Bermuda, you know, having, having a sunbath and, and, and hanging out with lizards on the beach. We're expecting you to market the book. Some of them will even give outlines in these contracts that are extremely detailed. I don't know if anyone remembers this, and maybe you don't remember the show or haven't listened to the show. I'll just do a really fast recap. I had a friend. He got a, a quarter of a million dollar advance on a three-book spy novel deal. Okay? One of the worst things he ever did in his life. Because he didn't have a lawyer go through it where he could have rejected certain things or possibly he could have negotiated with them. And don't get me wrong. That's not always a given. Because they could just simply say, this is the deal, take it or leave it. I don't care how many agents or lawyers you have. Or they could say, you know, we really think this book's going to sell, and so we'll modify this and we'll modify that. And that's really what he should have did, and he didn't do that. So now he's stuck with a contract and all this money. And it basically said he had to go around to all the places in the, in the country that they have set up in malls and bookstores on his dime. They were pretty much saying, we gave you a quarter million dollars, you got to go spend your money that we gave you. And we expect you to be at these places, or you, you'll breach your contract, and they'll sue you. And want the money back. Kind of hard to give them some of that, all that money back when you just spend some of it on marketing your book. You know? So um, it wasn't a celebration for him to find out that um, they had a, a super great um, radio interview 
and even a TV interview in Chicago, and he's over there in New York. I don't know if you looked on the map, folks. You can't take a bus over there. You're going to be flying. That costs money. So there's a couple G's out there. If you don't know anybody in the city, well, there you go. Hotel, food, another probably $1,000. Maybe less. I don't want to overstate it. But again, the, the whole point is that's money out the window. Okay? They're expecting him to do all this. It was so exhausting. I mean, he barely got a chance to sit down uh, to, to start writing the next one because he pitched them a three-book series. He only had one done. The other ones, he only had the drafts out for it in terms of, you know, the ideas and the outlines of what he wanted to do, but they wasn't nowhere in the written. So now he got to get back from all that stuff, find time to do it. Hope he still has a marriage and a kid left after all of that because that takes a, a, a detrimental hit. Fair or not fair, that's the way that is. You know, after I think it was a three-year deal on this sort of thing, I mean, the guy's burnt out, his marriage is almost gone. When he did the math, you know, he spent like over $90,000 of the money he gave them just to do all the marketing obligations they had in the contract. Remember, you're not getting great royalties here, folks. You're lucky you get 10%. And in many cases, you don't get any percent because all the money the book is making is going 100% to the publisher and then, you know, maybe 10% to your agent or something. But you're not getting anything because you got to pay back the advance it just gave you. So having an advance has a whole different thing. You know, you don't, you don't oftentimes consider that. So, I mean, it, it, it took years before he saw any royalty checks. So you got to pay all that back, and then they got to get their money and this and that. You know, and I, I think he, he told me he made a couple, like, $100,000 off the next couple of years from, from the book. But he calculated that for him to make that kind of money, I mean, the book had to do over $2 million in business for the publisher. Naturally, they wanted him back, and he told him to go to hell. Went with a mid-lister, made sure he had a lawyer, and, and controlled what he wanted. You have to be able, and that's part of, if you think about it, it's also part of your marketing plan that you're not talking to them right away about before they give you a deal. It's something that's in the back of your head. You need to find the red lines that's going to cause you issues. You know what I mean? You're, 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 uh, you're a wife and a mom, and um, you're dedicated to the, you know, the educational system for your child, and you got a job and all these other stuff. You, you might not have any kind of real flexibility in life to do all that stuff. You might be able, you know, you might want to clue them in on that. Hey, can we do this on a regional basis? I can travel then. You know, um, all of that. You, you, you have to give those considerations something serious. So this way, when you talk with them, obviously, I think a lawyer is really important to make sure that. You, you, you've ironed out everything that's necessary. Uh, a, a key thing that he, that he, of course, he didn't have the lawyer. So the key thing is, guess what? In the contract, it said uh, movie rights for this belong to us. And we dictate to you what the price is going to be and what we're going to give you after the agent gets the cut. Now, the agent gets the cut because they already talked to the agent about the cut. So uh, these people are literally talking to your agent about the money he's getting and nothing about what you're going to get. That's really in the contract. Those are things that you have to often negotiate, I feel, separately. That's why a lawyer is important, so they could do something like that separately. If they want to include that in the whole arrangement, then you need to make sure it's specifying what you expect. You know? You know, I expect, uh, you know, if you if you pitch this project and, 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 and the movie rights are purchases... You know, I'm going to get 40% of this, not this 4% nonsense, which is ultimately, you know, what he was looking at. To this day, he hasn't even got movie rights sold for whatever reason. I don't know, but 
that's what it was coming down to, that he would get 4%. I, I don't know if you guys know anything about movie rights. They, they vary in price. Some of the biggest authors could command a, a, a couple million dollars in that. Other authors, I mean, it could be something like 100000 bucks. So think about what 4% is. You're literally, your agent gets more money from the movie rights than you do. Because <laughs> they usually get 10% of whatever you're doing. Don't matter what it is. Some of them got down to the point that if you have merchandise involved, you know, in your books and stuff like that, which some of the science fiction and fantasy authors, you know, can do, they even get a cut of that. So all these things have to be negotiated. All these things have to be considered. All these things, in many instances, you need to have some opinions or direction on in your mind, especially when you hire a lawyer for something like this. And, and don't forget, folks, the lawyer is not being paid by the publisher. The lawyer is simply another addition to your expenses. The agent was there to help you get to the publisher. Although some publisher will, will take a direct contact and you don't need an agent. So uh, I'm not one of those people that tell you you need one or you don't need one. You have to make that choice yourself. Because I'm not, I'm not pro or anti-agent. I don't really care, to be honest with you. Every situation is different. You don't know. You might need one. You might actually make an inquiry to a publisher and they might literally tell you, okay, listen, what you're proposing to me, we have interest in. I want to see your marketing plan. All right? I want to see your full book. And when you get back to us, I expect you to have an agent on board. So literally, and that usually doesn't come in the email. They will mail that to you. You're literally taking that letter, okay, and then go and talk to some agents. And once you tell them, I got a letter that said this, they're going to be, they're practically over your house wanting to sign you. Because it's literally like a get out of free, you know, j jail card from Monopoly. I mean, literally, it's just boop. So that's why I say that. So you don't really know what you need or what you don't need until sometimes the time comes. Everybody has a different opinion on this. So I'm not giving you something that's gospel. Mark says this. Mark is not saying this or that, all right, about an agent. Mark is just saying that. It is so fluid that you just don't know, you know. But what I recommend is this, okay? Do everything at the same time. I, I find that that works the best for a lot of people I've talked to. Meaning that, let's say you got your marketing plan into effect. You got your personal website. You got it built. You got a, a decent social uh, you know, media presence going. You put some sample stuff out there. You're communicating some people. All right, you got that in the bag now, okay? All right, I want to go on the next step. I'm not done with the book yet. I might have like uh, three, four months maybe to, to really just make sure that it's doing everything I want it to do. Make sure my, you know, my proofreading people are on top of stuff. You know, make sure that, um, make sure that, yeah, you know, someone has really looked at it on, on an editing purpose, whether it's a friend or another writer or something. Just, just make sure that I've done everything possible when I do have to deliver that. Okay. Then, you might go through a marketing list, and you can get them at the at the bookstore or online or anything legitimate ones that have all these various publishers out there, and then uh, maybe a small list of some really decent uh, agents, and go through all the criteria. Okay. And, and simply multiply apply to things. No one. It's not like it's not like simultaneous submissions in the in the literary world. Okay, they're expecting you to do this. They're expecting you to talk to fifty publishers and ten agents. 
They're expecting this. So it's nothing unusual. They're not going to say, oh, really? No, they're expecting you to do so. If you're saying, I, I only did it to one or two because, you know, they'll think you're crazy. I, w I wouldn't even take you seriously if I heard something like that. So they're expecting you to do a lot. And I'm expecting the same. All right? Find the ones, publishers, okay, that seem to have uh, the genre or, or, or maybe even the subgenre that you're doing. And, and they've done some stuff for that. And then see what their guidelines are. Some of them might say, you know, we expect you to do this, that, and whatever, uh, and have an agent already. Okay, then. Then you know that you can't even talk to those people without an agent. Others are going to say, yeah, we want to see what's going on, and then we'll talk to you later uh, about what's going on. That, that can mean two things. That can mean they don't really care about agents because if you have something they want, they're willing to give you a contract. Now, whether you're willing to get a lawyer to examine that and protect yourself, well, that's your business. That's not theirs. They can care less. They just want the book. So however you want to try to get them the book, they're okay with that. So whenever you don't have an agent involved, I would always say you need to have a lawyer involved then to read it over. Find out what your wishes are. Find out what it's actually saying and what they're prepared for, for you to do, what they want from you, what they're going to give you. You need to know all of that. And the language can sometimes be really thick and jargon. Not because they're trying to trick you, because it's business. Guess what? The good chance that it's written by a lawyer on their side, okay? That's part of the reason. You know, it's, it's not like that person that read your book and loves it. It's over there typing up your contract. I like this writer so much. I'm going to do this. It's business. It's done by a lawyer and a business manager. It's not by done by anybody who's literary at all, okay? Those are the terms they want to give you, and you got to go work on them to try to alter them. And that's what I expect you to do. Then, of course, you're going to have some that literally are going to say what we just talked about before. Hey, Jeannie, love the book. Expect to see the, the, the media plan, and uh, I expect you to have an agent on board. Have all that and send it over, you know. And, of course... It's not like they're going to tell you, I need to see this in 30 days or I want this done in 14 days or whatever. I've heard of that happening, but it doesn't happen that often. They leave an open-ended thing. But just because it looks like it's open-ended, folks, don't be sitting around 90 days, okay? The world changes fast. Their mind can change fast, too. It wouldn't be surprising if they're like, really? 89 days later, you're ready to go? You don't sound very prepared. The whole point for you is you're supposed to be prepared already. So, and I'm telling you, with that letter, you won't have no problem getting an agent. I'm serious. Unless the agent is that swamped that they're crazy enough to, de to deny you or to reject you, you're going to get somebody instantaneous. I don't even care how busy they are because they know now that your book is going to be looked at, which means their chances of actually getting some money in their pocket is a whole lot higher than, you know, the dude on the street, you know, with the with the sci-fi novel about Neptune is going to explode and alien viruses are going to go through the galaxy or something, okay? They know you have a better chance because that's a direct communication. It's pretty much almost like a promissory note. Not that you're going to get the book accepted, but that they are actually going to read it. I mean, if you think about the statement I just told you, that shows you how different things have become how much more intense they are and how ultimately you'll feel as an artist is unfair. Like, Mark, let me get this straight here. I'm supposed to celebrate that now that they're telling me 
uh, that once I get all this stuff done and prepared and send it over to them, that they're now going to read it. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it. Because all that other stuff beforehand is what they expect to see. It's how they separate you from the pack. It's how they believe in their own experiences that your book might have a, a chance. I'm not a bumper sticker person, folks. I mean, I'm not somebody that lives on Proverbs and, and does a lot of quick quotes to be cute, okay? I really don't. But sometimes, because I'm not an absolutist about things, all right? Sometimes they're necessary. So keep this quote in mind, because basically I wrote it, okay? But keep this quote in mind when you're considering publishers, because it will help you in your heart to understand who you're dealing with, okay? Publishers are concerned with yesterday, Okay, they're not concerned with today. They're not concerned with tomorrow. That's up to you. Writers are concerned about tomorrow. They're writing about tomorrow because tomorrow is when it's going to get accepted. Tomorrow is when it's going to get published. Tomorrow is when somebody might actually read it. Okay, not today. That's what writers have to be concerned about. Publishers, agents, they're concerned about yesterday. You know why? Because yesterday is how they determine whether they think your book is worthy to go forward. Because they're looking at other examples. Part of the excuse me, part of the managing process and part of the marketing plan that they're expecting from you is for you to actually tell them, yeah, I think a couple of these books that have been listed at this publisher uh, have done okay, and they're in sort of the, the, the genre that I am in, and th they've been published. They're not expecting you to have these numbers like, yeah, Billy Jack, um, he did a Karate on the Moon. And um, I heard it did like 67,000 copies, and they're not expecting that, okay? They're expecting you just to say, here's some examples of books that are in what I'm trying to do, and that actually got picked up by a publisher. That gets their ears. That gets their, their attention. That stops them from going to Starbucks and saying, whoop, I need to go talk to this person. Really? They want to see something like that, okay? You're going to be asked that in the marketing plan. Please don't put non-applicable please don't put i don't know please don't put something that has nothing to do with anything uh oprah uh, about green dresses that make me look slim and and and, and billy bobs uh, how to cut a lawn uh, on an inexpensive mower i mean don't put anything that has nothing to do with that you need to go do some research okay this is work folks this is not just clicking a couple things on a computer and just writing anything to think you're going to fill a blank they're reading they're watching, okay? And remember, unfair as it is, they're reading your marketing plan. They haven't doing, done very much to be reading anything you've given them. Even if they ask for a sample chapel, a chapter from you, they haven't even read it yet. They're reading your plan. They're actually going to go out there. Yeah, he says this is over at Harlequin. Boo, boo, boo. I'm, they're actually on their computer. Somebody's actually doing that. Because in the end, they're going to look at your pitch, as they say in you know, screenplays in Hollywood, and that's what's going to get their attention. Yeah, I got this um, Western novel about um, African Americans trying to get away from racism and slavery and go out to the West, and they got to encounter Indians who never really seen black people before, and Mormons who are trying to convert them over to their religion, and then just the elements and blah, blah, blah. You know, and um, here's some general black westerns that have been published. 
don't you know I mean and that's all you can really do you might not have you, you might have been so unique but that might still be enough for them to say okay let's go let's go look at this because they're going to go find this out they're going to do the research because you have done the research they're not going to just pencil whip something you send them I'm telling you that now so please keep that in mind have a plan but have a real plan don't give them a bunch of bogus stuff don't give them a bunch of nonsense vague stuff don't give them anything that's wrong because they're going to figure you're just not being honest you're not being serious boop next person they want to deal with they got that letter out to you yeah this doesn't meet our expectations or you know good luck with all that and peace out i mean i mean that's that's the kind of junk you're going to get if you do it by into email submission along with an attachment okay that's pretty much the the, the response you're going to get by email good or bad because most of the times, that's how they want it these days. There's still some publishers, there's still some agents that want everybody to do things formally in the mail. And you might have to do that and just get used to doing that. If you don't have a printer, go get one and print it out, okay? But please keep all of these things in mind when you're trying to get a, when you're trying to get a book out there, okay? I've heard writers already tell me privately, my God, Mark, I mean, that's a job in itself. Yes, it is. The world has shifted now. To where books and reading and all of this have broadened to the point that we have a, a serious amount of freedom out there. But with freedom, folks, comes responsibility. And this is why lots of writers fail in this point. Because they don't seem to understand what has changed in the world. You are now personally responsible. you know. And everybody knows that I'm not necessarily a political person. And I don't want this to sound political. But it's still, from my experience from my own ethics and, and from my own heart, okay? If you're one of those people that simply don't think that personal responsibility in many things in your life is important, well, this one is. And if you don't think that, then you're not going to go anywhere, okay? And you can tell everybody on the internet I said that, or you can tell everybody on the internet all these wonderful fairy tales about, yeah, man, I had a friend. And he wrote this hippie book, and it, it, it included about pot and everything else. And, and, and they picked it up, man, sight unseen. And and, and, and he's making some money. And it, so, you know, you don't have to listen to all that crap that these people say. All right. So you could believe that if you want and go give that a try. Okay. After you get about six heartbreaking rejections, and you, and you understand something, this is not like the literary world, the rejections, where you might get a reply back, even if it's just a, a soulless form letter. Maybe two, three, five weeks, a couple of months. Publishers might not even get back to you for a year just to reject you. That's the kind of workload they have. That's why you have to go out there and do many of them. That's why you have to go out there and get all your options out there. That's why you can't listen to the hippie weirdo on the internet that's giving you a fairy tale. Okay? Because that doesn't happen anymore. Okay? And the extreme cases that every so often something like that happens... There's more to it than they're saying. You don't know what network connection they might have picked up. You don't know what incredible chances. But I'm telling you right now, just like I would tell somebody, you know, uh, that's trying to uh, gain an entry in, into professional sports. Yeah, you might get that fluke now and then that's done all that. But that doesn't mean that's going to be you. A fluke is exactly what it is, a fluke. Don't, don't apply that to yourself and don't get prepared. Because remember, you cannot manage your life or the world by exceptions. You have to manage it by what's standardly going out there. That's how they do things, okay? They might have an exception here and there. It's not going to be you. Sorry to say that. So why do that when you already have, in, in, in many ways, a long haul just to wait around? 
You know, I, I remind the writers all the time, if you haven't done the preparation like you should, and you really just want to wait for some crazy reason um, for your book to be done, well, then you better start on it right away then. Because guess what? God forbid, and I really mean that, you get somebody that literally says, oh, we love this and this and that and blah, blah, blah. You have no plan. What are you going to do then? You don't have 60, 70 days to go around building everything. They're going to know you, you just wasn't prepared. And telling them, oh, I spent all that time uh, taking care of my family, working at a full-time job, and writing this novel for you, that, that's, that's what you're supposed to be doing. That, that's, not a, <laughs> that's not a legitimate uh, answer. It's not a, a legitimate complaint. That's, that's what you're supposed to be doing, okay? That's life, folks. You can't sell them life. You're selling them something else that you have a plan to help them get this book out there so that you all can make some money. That's what it's about. I know you thought it was about the grammar, and I know you thought it was about the message. I know you thought about is, you know, the butterflies in your heart, but they don't really care about any of that stuff because they're not considering any of that stuff. They're considering the dollar sign. We want to know that on a very basic level if we spend, and I'm telling you right now because uh, of, of their own bureaucracy, no matter how streamlined they claim they are, they're putting about 100 Gs in for one book that they don't know anything about other than what you've just told them and the chances that they're taking. And so when they do everything possible to help you, they are still taking the chance. Your, your, uh, your expectations of any kind of, uh, uh, of advance are probably nil. It, it, it's almost uncommon. So again, you hear stories about that. Don't, don't take them too seriously. And if you do take them seriously... Again, they probably knew somebody, knew somebody else, got a little fluke thing. It does happen. It's extremely rare. Don't make it like this is going to happen to you because it's not. So please consider that seriously, all right? I don't want to be negative, but the only way to prepare people is to be honest with them. It's no different than a child. You, you can't prepare your child for the world with glasses on about everything, you know? You, you, you can't. I, I remember... And it's one of the things that really helped me focus on many things was it was a story that a parents had told me. They told me the story about there were there were Caucasian people and uh, they were well off and they did everything under the sun because they had the money to do it under the sun to have a child naturally. And it just couldn't happen. It just couldn't happen. It kept failing. I mean, it is after a while that um, miscarriages for a woman it's beyond just the emotional toil. It, it gets to be physically damaging. It's just, and it could be even dangerous to your health. So they gave up that route and, and they adopted and they found out how hard that was. They finally found a child uh, that were ready to adopt and it was an African-American child. And they were like, we just want a child and we want to raise a child, love a child and all of that. And they did and they did successfully. But one of the things they told me is what they had to learn fast was that as much as they can try to relay their values, this is still an Afro-American child. And as parents, they had to get this child ready for a world that's not 100% African-American or even 100% African-American friendly. So they had to make sure that they taught that child things that was out of their experience. Maybe bring them to places uh, to get haircuts that wouldn't be done in, in, in a place that doesn't deal with, with that type of a hair uh, make sure they socialize also with other African-Americans. Make sure they have a, a real component of the history of, of, of the African-American in, in America. Um, and, and, of course, make sure that they understand some of the challenges they might face out there. 
because that's their job to prepare the child. So uh, when you think about that, think about that when you book too. This is what you have to do, you know. And and you might have one of those projects at a subgenre of a subgenre. And to me, it's a whole like that African American child being raised by the Caucasian people. It's beyond just having their good intentions, and it's beyond their love of the child because they have all of that. They have to take concrete, important steps, realistic steps, to make sure that that child is going to be successful in the world. And, and, and to not prepare that child for that would be crazy. And I mean, a perfect example, and they told me right away, was, yeah, I have to prepare the child for, for racism. And, and not just from uh, uh, the general society. You might even have to prepare it from your own family, who might not be used to being in contact on a regular basis, uh, basis on, in a family way. They might have all these underlying things they have to consider themselves and deal with. And so do you as a parent. Because you love that child. You don't want them being harmed. You don't want them being limited uh, because uh, they look different. It's ridiculous. But still, you have to prepare them for that. And it's the same thing with your book. Your book might look different than things that are out in the market. Try to do your best to make those comparisons because they want the comparisons. Okay? I'm sorry to say, they tell you all day long, yeah, we want something that's super cool and unique, and we want something that's going to really bring in the audience, and we want something you haven't seen before. And then you give them that, and they go, what the hell is this? Where, where are those other examples of the stuff that we we're hoping that you were going to copy? So they, what they say and what they do is completely two different things. But hey, folks, you're used to that in life because that's how, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of people are. So don't be too surprised, okay? This is not to say that you're not going to get an agent or even somebody who reads the book that's just flabbergasted that you know, is incredibly unique and I haven't read something like that before. That's all wonderful. But don't be too impressed. Don't pat yourself on the back because their job is still to convince somebody above them that all this uniqueness means dollar signs, that all this uniqueness isn't going to be so hard to market. All this uniqueness means that they don't have to wait five years to get their $100,000 back because they don't want to do that. They like to be able to see to get that back in, in six months. That's, that's what they think. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. What do you think they want their marketing plan so much for? And many a times, folks, like I was mentioning to you about that one fellow that got the, the big advance, the only reason he had such a contract, which he should have, you know, had a lawyer, and the only reason he got such an advance is because they were putting that into effect for him. You're not always going to get that done. Most of the times you're not going to get any kind of advance, and if you do, it's going to be some paltry amount. And they're expecting, they're expecting you to go out there and do this yourself. Call the radio station, hey, I got this novel, blah, blah, blah. You know, try to TV place. Get, get some uh, people in the, in, the, in the news media to write a review about it. Make sure some copies are sent out to them. They're expecting you to do, coordinate and do all that stuff because they're not going to do a whole lot of that. They're going to do a bare minimum stuff. Maybe put a little announcement in the trade magazine. That's about it. They don't do much. They expect you to do everything pretty much. So he had the, the tail end of something that was different that you might experience. Of course, it's extreme and it's crazy. But... I, I don't even beat them up about it because they're giving him a quarter of a million dollars. So they're, they're expecting a whole lot from that. But they did that because they kind of felt that the style of book he did and, and the kind of examples he was able to do, that they were going to do some really decent business on, and they did it. You know, he said he, he thought they did at least $2 million on, on a quarter of a million dollar advance and, and, and a probably probably another two three $300,000 in, in their own marketing. So let's say all in all... You know, they put out a half a million dollars and they got $2 million back. That's 400% profit for them. 
I hate to sound businesslike here and, and, and like a, a, a damn accountant, but that's how they think. And the sooner you learn to think how they think, the, the better chances you have of getting accepted out there. Okay, I'm not saying you need to go dollar for dollar to think this way. I'm not saying that you need to change your entire life for the, the way you go about things. I'm just saying on this particular thing, those are the considerations that you have to think. You need to think about what the other person is going through and has to face on the other side. Okay, people do that in the military all the time. Try to understand the enemy because that's how you have, have a greater chance of defeating them. And of course, keeping yourself alive. And, and of course, we talked about this already. With, with the parenting, how you're preparing that child for the world. Well, you're preparing your book for the for the publishing world. So all these are the hurdles that you have to deal with. And there, I know there's a lot. A couple other things we can talk about here um, briefly is, and these are not going to be as effective as some of the other things we talked about, but it doesn't mean they can't be, okay? It doesn't hurt for you to gather as many uh, emails and contacts you can that have nothing to do with literary stuff. Don't forget, folks, you're not just pitching your book to literary people. You'll probably starve if you expect literary people to buy your book on a regular basis. Once in a while, they're going to, but you can't expect that. So you, you, ultimately, your book is being buy by the average person out there, which means that that's how you need to be talking to your friends and your family about that, and your business associates even. You know? Yeah, I got a book coming out in a couple months, and I got a deal and this and that, and you know, I like to be able to count on you to, to you know, to, to, to check it out. I, I really could use your support on something like this. It's my first. So the impact that I make with them means that I might have a chance to have another one one day. So, you know, please give me a, a, a look at over here. Uh, here's my email address and here's my phone number or whatever. Now, I'm not telling you, okay, because I don't live in a, in a fantasy world. I, I live in reality and I'm trying to give you reality, Okay. Let's say you have a hundred of these that you just gathered. I'm not telling you a hundred of these people three or four months later are even going to remember what you talked about or even going to care or even going to buy the book. You, you might get like 15 out of a hundred. I'm serious. But guess what? That's still 15 more than you would have had if you did all that. So sales are sales. Can't hurt. Who knows if they love it and they do some of their own marketing with them. It's one of the things that I always try to remind writers you don't have to do all the marketing yourself. You can have other people doing it without realizing they're doing it. You know? Hey, Uncle Jim, thank you very much for buying the, for buying the book. I mean, Aunt told me about that, and I, I really appreciate it. And I know you might not have a lot of time right now, you know, to read it and, you know, just, you know, do it in your own due course. But you know, if you get a chance to check it out, you know, and if you really like it, can you just tell other people maybe? You know, tell, tell the guys at the bridge club or the dudes at the poker game or... You know, uh, over at the Rotary or, or the Elks Club, or whatever. Hey, my niece just put a novel out. I got it right over here, folks. And I'm reading it and I'm loving it. And if you guys want any uh, in informational contact, this is where you can go uh, on it to get it, guys. I, you know, give my niece a break over here. It's her first book. That kind of stuff being done by a couple, even just a couple of people, that's what's called word of mouth. That's what's called, you know, what I call passive networking, meaning that you're not purposely networking, but somebody else is doing it for you in a passive way, but it makes an impact. It means other people are going out there and doing some of that work for you without even realizing they're doing it because sometimes they can be doing it just out of sense of pride. And nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Don't take away their pride. But you could use the help, <laughs> believe me, and, and that could be very helpful. You'd be surprised at how many people. 
You did that enough times. Enough people got out there. You could you could scrabble up a couple hundred sales just from that alone. It's something. And they see those numbers coming and they know at least that you're doing something. Because they're going to ask questions. Hey, what have you done about this? How's it going on that? Blah, blah, blah. They're going to see numbers. They're going to know. And oftentimes, they'll give you an area. Um, either the agent will be given an area or you can be given an area or both of you will be given an area where you can actually go into a website with private information. You can actually see you know, what's been picked up, what's been what's been bought. Has it been done by the internet? Did somebody buy it in a store? Blah, blah, blah. You, you can be given that information. It helps guide you about what you might want to do next or what you've been doing if it's been working or not. So that passive networking, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think in many ways it could be more effective than direct networking, okay? And direct networking is simply this. And we got a lot of people I know that do this, going to conventions because that convention's broad theme might fit your book okay and, and what i mean is this if you're going to a convention and it's about all these science fiction dudes and they're talking about star wars and star trek and you know, Battlestar galactica and everything like that and you're trying to get a table over there uh because um you just put a book out about this lady that knits uh, little sweaters to, for cats so they don't get cold in the winter and then one of them become magical and they go to another land that's probably not going to be the best place for you okay and if you do have any sales it, it could just be because maybe somebody feels sorry for you but you're not really going to get any sales that way because that's not a way to make any kind of direct connection hi my name is uh, you know Gertrude and I got this cat sweater book and, and the dude is talking to you with a Darth Vader outfit on you're not going to make a love connection there, okay? But, you know, if you got a science fiction novel, you got a fantasy novel, and you're going to be talking to people. Hey, Darth Vader, go check this out, man, okay? I'm not telling you that my book is better than Star Wars. What I'm telling you is, is that when you're tired of Star Wars, this is the book you want to read. This is what you want to check out, okay? And why not get in the ground floor now? Because when the movie rights are, are bought, you're going to be like, I didn't ever heard of that before. Well... Why, why, why be that person? Learn about it now. That sort of thing. That's, that would be my kind of pitch. I don't know how good that was or not, but I'm telling you, that's where it would come from my gut. That's what I would do. You want to, you want to do something like that, you know, but that's what I mean. That connects to that kind of genre. Convention sales can happen. I know a lot of people that do it, you know, they do well with it because they, they understand how that all works. And sometimes it's just about building contacts too. It's an investment. Remember, whatever you're doing is investment. And that's really what the publishers and the agents are asking for you for. They call it a marketing plan. But the truth of the matter is, in the most naked way possible, they want to know what skin you have in the game. What investment are you making? And I don't mean money. It could just be in your time. I did this, I did that. But yeah, it could be some money too. You're not going to get a table at a convention for free. Sometimes you will, especially if the convention is having problems you know, moving things. They might say, hell, come on board. You got a... a a, a book about uh, some uh, some some weird elf that has magical powers. Yeah, why not? Come on. And, and other times you're going to be paying for that. And, but that's the investment of getting contacts and try to push the book out there that you want to get done. You know. I know uh, one person that whenever they have media over there, he tries to hog in. Hey, don't, my book, my, my, whatever. That's, why not? Can't hurt. They might cut that on the floor, and he never goes out there. Well, they might not. You might get it out there. Can't hurt. There's no rule against it. All the person do is going to get irritated. All right, whatever, okay? 
You're irritated because I did that? Okay, well, I'm irritated. I just spent 18 months on this book. I finally got a, 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 some, some attention to get it published, and I got to worry about you. Um, no. Next, that's what you got to think. That's how you got to go about it. So direct networking could be that. It could be something as, as, as simple of the Avon approach, like I call it. You know what I mean? Uh, a, a lady who has that, you know, knitting book with the cats. I mean, she might know that the coffee clatch and the tea club and the bridge club and the real estate conference, and that might be the places for her. Hey, I'm Gertrude. Yeah, I, I sell part-time uh, uh, real estate. Um, I'm a retired teacher. I got this cat book over here. Uh, I, I got a, a good publisher behind on it. I, I'd like you to look into this, okay? I'd like you to check it out, please. That sort of thing. This is my first thing. I need some help, blah, blah, blah. However you want to put that. But that might be their way for direct marketing. You want to do that. People can't buy your book if they don't know about your book. And I don't mean knowing about your book that they have an idea what your book's about. I mean knowing that it exists in the universe. That's why you got to do this. That's why they're asking you to do this, okay? So that's, those are examples of the direct network. I know some people that... Um, They'll, they'll go to bars because some bars for, for uh, I guess, their own marketing sense will, will have book book signings and, and, and book uh, readings and, and, and all that sort of stuff where you have a crowd of people over there and like, yo, before you guys go on that third scotch, I want you to consider my poetry book over here, okay? I wrote it about Scotland. So while you're drinking scotch, you could be buying my book and thinking about Scotland, learning about Scotland, okay? Helping me out so I can get to do this again and again. God bless you. Come on over here. Let's get this going. I mean, they have a couple of drinks in them. You, you, you might get them like, you know, off guard. <laughs> uh, I hear people do sales in these sort of things. So don't know if that will fit what you're doing. I mean, obviously, if you got that African-American wagon train, uh, you know, novel from the West, maybe that might not be the best thing for you. But who says that you can't be going over to a place that that would fit more? You know, who says you can't go into one of those after uh, church uh, gatherings and, and talk about your book? One lady, she got her pastor to mention it. You know, and, uh, and, and Jesus said, and uh, oh, yeah, by the way, um, Matilda over there, uh, she just wrote this African-American Western. OK, and I'm not telling you folks to go out there and, and buy it because that's not my job to do. But I want to let you know that she did do that. And then I wanted to mention that because I'm proud of her efforts. That, that's an important thing to do out there. And uh, she even has a Christmas element in it too. Just for him saying that without pushing it, he's pushing it. And that could be helpful. I mean, someone actually got that set up and it worked. And that, that's, that's great. I mean, so you want to be able to find venues and places that's simply going to work with what you're doing. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong here because I know we live in sensitive times. So if someone's listening to this, I am not telling you. Don't go to the bar thing because you have an African-American novel. If that's what you want to do, give it a shot. Maybe you'll have a bunch of sales there too. I don't know. I'm just thinking, though, that your better connection is simply an audience that's going to be feeling stronger about that book. That, that's all I'm saying. So, you know, if, if there's this whole Scottish element that loves African-American Westerns, God bless you then. Go for it. I mean, you never know. But I'm just saying, again, I don't manage by exceptions. I manage by the standard. The standard is you want to be, I mean, want to make pitches to possible audiences that you can envision are going to actually like your book and therefore want to buy it. Maybe even want to talk about it to other people. You know? Because you don't know. 
if someone buys your book, they might not want to talk about it because it's just, just for them. So whatever you can try to do, like, like you know, billets. If you know anything about pool, it's not a, just about that shot. It's also about trying to make that shot count to set you up for the next shot. And that's why I try to have people think that as much as they can. You're going someplace, you're hoping that only that not only they're interested and want to buy your book, but maybe they might want to go out there and tell somebody about it rather than just keeping it to themselves. So that, you know, that, that's what I mean by that. Just that you keep the marketing flow going. So this is what some people have done, okay? Uh, they've, built, uh, they've built mailing lists. Uh, some of them have even had lists on other things in their own personal businesses, and, and they, they, they wind up cross, cross doing that. You obviously, you always have a chance that somebody might say, hey, man, I, I, I want to be on your real estate list, but I don't really care about the book thing. You might get that once in a while. All right, sorry about that. Uh, I'll remove you uh, off of this, and you have a good day. Thank you for letting me know. And you might have subbers. Okay, yeah, sounds cool, man. They might even say, I'm, dude, I'm not really interested in that, but my sister, she's into that. Let me go like the, the forward this over to her. So you don't know. So you could do something like that. That, that, definitely, uh, that definitely helps. And you can be as creative as possible. I have an idea that I haven't done yet myself, okay? Because um, I don't have the equipment yet. But I still think this would be worthy of an idea. It's just a theory. I, if you are a person that just have ebooks out there and they don't have the print versions, it would be nice if you could round up. Even if you got to borrow from a couple of friends a couple of laptops, go someplace where you can get set up. And instead of having a signing, you have a couple of, uh, of, of these lap books, laptop books all set up already. Each one is set up on the different platform. This is my Barnes & Noble one. This is my Kobo one. This is my Apple one. This is my Amazon one. Come on, guys, over here, do this. Check the book out. You can read a little bit about it. If you like it, you can go hit it. It just goes to your device. You leave. You just made your sale right there. No one has done this before, but I believe it would really work. It just takes some equipment. It takes some, a real uh, amount of coordination. Getting it someplace that can, that's going to have enough electrical outlets or someplace that you know, the Wi-Fi is going to be decent enough. You know, someplace that's going to allow all of that. But I, I believe it could work. I have talked about it a couple of times. I have yet to try it myself because, uh, frankly, I, I, don't, I don't have a way to get all those laptops together. But I'm still convinced it could work. You might even have a Kindle of your own that could possibly work. Where you could show somebody, you know. Oftentimes people have phones. So they can literally tell their phone to send it to their Kindle. To send it to their computer rather than to the phone. And make the purchase right there. There's just a lot of ways that can be done. And that's also another way that you could sell possibly even your, your print book. You know. It's just remember you, you get the immediate delivery with the ebook, With the print book. I mean that somebody's really buying it. And you know it's going to be at their house. You know, maybe three to five days or a week or something like that. You know, just got to remind them about that. But those those are some of the ideas. People can come up with more stuff than I'm talking about over here. That's what the marketing plan is all about. And don't be afraid to put that in there if you've got some theories that could work. It doesn't matter if they don't even work at all. That's where you can go further in the marketing plan. Because remember, Putting in some wrong information about books that are like your books or even something that's false or, or, or putting in something that's false. Yeah, I got a Facebook presence and I got 27,000 people that are checking me out. And they look at that and they go, um, you lost some zeros on that, dude. What happened? That's not going to help you. It's going to look like you're exaggerating or just lying. But no one says you can't put marketing theories on top of all the stuff they say. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to these um, various groups that I normally talk to about things and, and try to pitch my book. 
I'm going to go over to a couple of these bars. I know they do these things. So I'm going to do a, a convention over here, you know, if I get this uh, book published because this convention comes around this area every couple of months or whatever. I'm going to do a couple of conventions. You know what I mean? I'm going to talk a little bit about it after church. You know, I'm going to, all that sort of stuff. You could put that in there. You could put that in there because they see from that you got an investment in this thing. This is something serious for you. You have a plan. You know, they're not really going to tell you, well, we're not really sure that's going to sell books. They're not ever going to say that, okay? They're only going to verify what they can verify. Everything else is a theory. But it's better to have some theories over there than just, you know, I got I got a decent personal website, got some sample stuff out there. You know, I started about six months ago, my Facebook presence, that takes a while to build up. I only have maybe 150 people and, you know, I'm going from there. It, it's all honest and respectful what you're saying, but it, it, it would help supplement something that might be more modest because it gives them an overall plan that he is thinking or she is thinking outside. I don't want to say box because that's just so uh, so corny and cliche, but he is thinking outside the parameters that we already asked about. They want to know if you have just not just a marketing plan, but in many ways... In the back of their mind, they want to know if you have some additional marketing plans beyond what you're you're that you're being asked. Because again, that shows initiative. That shows that you have a vision, that you have a commitment. Because remember, in the end, you could laugh all day long or even mock these people, okay, about business. Oh, they're just beam counters. Oh, they're just greedy bums. Oh, that's all they care about. Oh, they don't know anything about art. But in the end, what are they really asking you? On a very basic human level, they are saying, Mrs. Johnson, you're asking us to put $100,000 of our money out there. We're not even giving you a dime. And you're going to give us a bare sketch on how you're going to put this book out there to help us recover that money and more. And then you're going to get upset with us because we want to know what kind of plan you have for us to get our money back, to, for you to have your book out there. Because remember... For this entire show, if you haven't noticed already, I haven't even talked about your book very much. Or how I needed to be edited, or its grammar, or its topic. or We haven't even talked about that. Very barely have we talked about any of that. This is almost 99% about marketing, because that's what it's called, basic marketing for writers. That's all they're going to talk about, okay? They're not really going to be saying something about... Yeah, we think this book's going to sell well because um, you, you have some u unique uh, characters that do some extraordinary things we haven't seen before. We love the way they ended the book. What a real good shocker. And also we see some, you know, some real possibilities of, of you doing a, a series or a sequel or something. <laughs> They're not going to be saying any of that kind of nonsense. You might hear that from, from, from an agent now and then. That's just, that's just stuff to, to, you know, to blow up for you. That, you know what I mean? Whether that's true or not, it might just be selling you to get you to, to sign with them. Publishers are not going to be saying anything about that. They're not. You might get something really, really brief from the person that's now responsible at that publisher to push your book forward. And uh, I'm telling you, more times than not, it's going to be something along the line of negative. It's not going to be anything super positive. It's going to be about, yeah, we're going to accept this book, but we think this other part, you might want to consider rewriting. Or this other part, we think it needs some additional editing. Or this other part... You know, um, we think it's incongruent with some of the other storylines. So can you just fix that? You might have to be doing some mechanical work into your book to fix it 
after they even accept it, because sometimes that's what they say to you. Some publishers say that beforehand, but a lot of times they don't want to do that. They don't want to give you insightful advice that they're paying for, by the way. It's not free. So that you can fix your book and then maybe go give it to some other publisher. Oftentimes, if they think it's worthy enough, it doesn't need anything too dramatic, they're going to accept it. They're going to give you the contract and then they're going to tell you, hey, by the way, uh, before we move forward over here, blah, 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 blah. So you, you might not hear a lot of positive stuff. You might hear stuff that you'd say, oh, my God, I thought this was over with. It's not. Okay? Just like it's not that you, your book might not be out for a year or a year and a half sometimes even. Because just like there are hundreds of people ahead of you, or in, in the case of, uh, of the inquiries and, and, you know, in, in their reading log, thousands ahead of you, there, there could be hundreds ahead of you that they're in the pipeline to get put out. And you're just going in that assembly line on the next one. It's not like they, they put everything out now and they're ready for you to, you know, they don't work that way. They work in advance. So it could be a year before that happens. So they already know that you have the time. To get whatever they're saying to get fixed. They also know you have this, the, the energy because you put a plan on them. And, and they, they know that you're going to have the, 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 the faith and, and the power to get it done. Even if it means it costs you a couple bucks by somebody from the outside to go in there and give you a hand on just trying to overall fix this. And you know making sure that when they get it back to them that they're happy and you don't have to keep going back to do this again and again. They know that you're going to do that because you're now excited and invested just like they are. But I'm sorry to say that until your book is, is really out there, I mean, that's that's where the joy is. All the other stuff up to that point, uh, not a whole lot of joy in that. A lot of business, a lot of work. That's what it is these days. This is what it entails. This is what it's all about. I, I still find it uh, exciting in many ways. In 36 years of writing, I, I still find the stories that people tell me about their experiences to be uh, useful and educational. And I, I still have the drive to, to do all this. I've made different decisions in my life about, about what I want to do in, on some of these things. Uh, I've literally turned down two publishers rather than take them up. One wanted so much from me. I'm like, really? I'm going to get 7%. I'm going to do everything on the, on the marketing. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, can you write, rewrite half the book or include this or include that? Uh, no. Next. Or, or, the, or, the, or the next one. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do this, but then, you know, we want you to help, uh, uh, you know, pay for that. No, it wasn't a vanity press. It's a real place. But unfortunately, sometimes these days, they still want you to pay for certain things. No, it won't be the, 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 the publishing or the printing. It might be the marketing. Hey, I like their plan, but we suggest this and we like you to pay for this as part of our, our, our contract. Meaning they want you to go to places that are going to help review the book and going to help to push the book out there and th that they feel will work. And, but you've got to put money out there because they're not going to do it. And if you don't say yes to that, you don't have a deal. Um, no, no to that one too. So we have to make different choices. But I like to tell you about some of the things I went through, some of the things I know you're going to go through, and that some of the things that other writers have told me they went through. So that is it pretty much in a, in a nutshell of, of basic uh, marketing for writers, uh, you could, good thing about a show like this, you can listen to it over and over again if you, you miss certain things. Of course, you're always free to contact me, you know, at uh, strength to, uh, to be human uh, at ravemail.com. Okay. Uh, some people just contact me through the aerial chart. I, I can't believe how many radio questions I get on aerial chart. And it's okay. It doesn't annoy me. I'm happy you're listening. You got you to live that way. Just be happy that people are listening and making some contact and asking some questions. Hopefully, 
this doesn't seem like a whole big bag of bones, you know, and that you got to put together. Hopefully this doesn't seem like some big downer because I don't find that it is. It's just a, it's a process. It's a process that's going on these days and it's not really going to change because those publishing houses and the way they used to do things, uh, folks, they're not coming back. That's, that's not going to, um, that's not, not going to come back. So any of your, um, your thoughts about the past, you, you need to put them aside and bury them someplace because they don't help you. Okay, it, 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 to me, uh, this is a lot like losing weight. In fact, to me, it, it, it's almost the same thing. Okay, you can either, because you don't want to do the work, or you'd rather just believe a, a, a story rather than the truth, uh, you can either do what's necessary to lose weight. I don't care who you are and what condition you think you have. Uh, eat better, meaning less calorie intake. And exercise, exercise to the point that, you know, you're sweating and your heart is racing. I don't care if it's 15 or 30 minutes on a regular basis, maybe four to six times a week. If you do that over the course of time, as long as you're consistent and you stay that way, you're going to lose weight. And guess what? The slower you lose weight, the more you keep it off because you've now built in habits that you can go to that replace some of your some of the bad habits or some of the some of the vices you have and that's it there's nothing more secret to it than that all the other stuff gimmicks nonsense just because they work a little while doesn't mean they're going to work forever so you just spend a lot of time a lot of money in many ways you've damaged your body because you keep doing all these dumb things that are not going to do anything but guess what those people out there that put that stuff out there, those gimmicks, they're making billions. You know why they make billions? Because there's still millions of people that don't want to put the hard work into anything. They want to be convinced that there's a shortcut. Well, um, I have an aunt that was 300 pounds, and she did the grapefruit diet. And, I mean, she's like 150 right now. She's dating a guy 20 years younger than her. Okay, so you can believe that nonsense, okay? And do that nonsense and find out it's a story. Or you could do what's necessary. Exercise more. Eat less. It's just that simple. There isn't anything else beyond that. Okay? There really isn't. I don't even want to hear people telling me about other oh, this and that. Baloney. That's what you need to do. It's just that simple. Nothing else will make a difference. Drugs, this, that, whatever. No. I don't mean legal drugs. I mean just, you know, medical drugs. No. Okay? Short of having an actual operation where they reduce your stomach, okay? Short of that, you're not going to lose weight other than you do the basics. And, and quite frankly, and you probably know people that, you know, have had this happen. And you could take offense, and, that, and that's fine with me. But I'm telling you right now, there's a very good chance that the people who even had those operations, they had the operation because they wouldn't want to do the hard work or the basics, they want the work being done for them. So they did all those gimmicks and they wind up hurting their health to the point where now they need that, that stomach thing on an emergency basis to keep them alive, to keep them from simply going over the edge and just destroy themselves because they don't have the discipline or they don't want to have the discipline. They don't want to do the basics that are necessary. So now they're being medically forced by reducing their stomach to do what they could have done before, which was, you know, exercise. And eat better. And guess what, folks? Even with those operations, <laughs> guess what the doctors are telling you? The same thing I'm telling you. You still need to have an exercise regimen, and you still need to eat better. 
Okay? You're not going to be over there and blimpies three times a day. Hey, I got the stomach reduced. Now I can just eat anything. doesn't really work that way. Your appetite's reduced. Everything's reduced. Things are different. So, if that's what you want to do, you want to be forced into something, then, then do that. Otherwise, you can have the freedom as a free person in a free society to make some personal responsibility choices. And that's what you have to do with these books. That's what you have to do as an author these days. These are the examples I'm telling you because they are identical. Okay? You can do the, the long road, but the right road on marketing yourself, getting ready, and do all those things we talked about. Or you could just spend your money with some vanity screwball who's not going to do any marketing. You're still going to have to do all the stuff I'm talking about. But then you're going to have find people turning up their nose because they know you went to some place that you just bought through. They don't know what, what the proofreading or the editing quality was. They don't know uh, what bookstore it can possibly be. Can it even be in the bookstore? You know, they don't know the construction of the book. Is it going to come to the mail and it looks like it, you know, it went through a storm in, in Bangladesh because they have different quality. They don't know what you're going to get. But they do know that you try to do a shortcut. You know, I'm, I'm folks, I'm the same way. I, I will not. I'm telling you, I will not even entertain reviewing a, a, a book from a vanity place. I don't even want to publish people there in vanity places. That's how much I'm disgusted with all that. It's just a complete, I, I find, unethical practice. And it's complete disrespect that for all the other people that are trying to do the right thing. So I, I don't I don't even want to entertain that. So I believe me, I practice what I preach on all of this and, and, and many more. So... You don't want to take shortcuts. There really aren't any shortcuts that will do anything legitimate for you at all. Okay? Unless, truly, you don't really care about being published in that sort of fashion. And you don't really care about anything other than, I want to book out. I like to have 50, 60 people you know, read it. And I want to say I'm an author. And that's it. And if that is your goal, this show isn't for you. In fact, this entire show that I do isn't, isn't for you. And, you know, go about your business then. That's fine. I don't mock people that if that's their goal. I really don't. I don't judge them. I just say in, in the realistic way I can, this, is, this isn't for you then. Because what we're doing over here is work. Because we're trying to achieve a goal. Because we're trying to do art. Because we want to be able to say that we've done something in an artistic manner, you know, that might, that might last. That might have an impact. That, that might bring us some real... A creative pride, some real creative justification, not just some product that got slapped together by somebody who's making a couple thousand dollars from us, because that's that's not writing, okay? That's printing, okay? And that's not art. That that truly is just a stupid product that you put out there. So you want to do it, do it right, and like anything else in your life, if you haven't figured this out already. The right thing to do often requires work, often expects sacrifice, often takes time. But the right thing usually is what keeps you going in the end, keeps you going as a person, it keeps you going as a citizen, keeps you going as a, as a writer. Okay, not because, you know, uh, I've done it right, so um, I'm really a cool person. No, it, it's because... This is what you're supposed to be doing if you want to be a writer these days. This is what's expected of you. Things change over the decades. Okay, we already know that. We know that as men, things have changed with our own roles. 
Okay? You can't just have a job, come home. Oh, I'm really tired after working eight hours and I don't want to do any homework and help the kids. I don't want to clean the house. I just want to have a beer and go to bed. Yeah, that that man is gone. And if you know anybody like that, it's either in the old movie or that guy uh, probably doesn't have any real life. Because if you want a real life with a real wife and a real life, well, guess what? You got to be pitching in. You got to be doing things. That's We don't live in that kind of society anymore. You got two incomes. You got to be doing things. Or, or you're going to be like everybody else I know. Divorced. Not even once, but twice. And you ask them what happened. They'll say the same thing, you know. She said I I didn't have enough in the in the game. She said I didn't do this. Or she didn't do that. But yeah, that's because you didn't. <laughs> you know, you can't work twelve hours a day for you know sixteen years and then wonder one day what happened to everybody. I'm surprised you remember anybody was still around. I mean, because that's what happens. So it's no different in in in, in the publishing and the in the writing world, folks. Those values that make you a committed husband or a wife or a committed parent, they also need to be put into writing to make you a committed writer. This is what they're expecting for you to have. And those were, and those things that you do, social media, you know, uh, direct and, and, and passive networking and, you know, going on radio shows. I encourage people to come on here all the time. And sometimes I even solicit some people. That I'm like, yeah, I'd like to have those person. Um, they expect all that because they expect that those are like tangible physical examples of the commitment that you keep saying you're having because they understand even more than writers that words are only going to count if they're backed up with actions they're not going to count just because hey i'm, I'm a wordsmith man you know okay that's cool um get back to us in a couple of years when you put together your marketing plan okay have a good day next let's go look at the other sixteen thousand they have to check out over here that's how they're going to do things because they need to see. They need to know. They need to be able to find out themselves that you have that commitment. Otherwise, you're not getting anything done. Because they don't believe, and they can't afford to believe, that their investment in you, because remember, that's what it is. You can cry all day long about, this is unfair, this is this, this is that. But, you know, if you just think about their examples, and think about their feelings, and think about their ideas, and think about their position on this, they feel it's unfair to throw $100,000 out you. You're not prepared to do anything to back it up. In the business world, any other business model, that's what they would expect from you. You know? Hey, um, George, your widget company, I'm going to give you $600,000 over here, but I'm expecting, you know, for you to do this, that, 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 otherwise I, I can't invest in you. Anyone watch Shark Tank? You'll get a good idea about what things are expected in the real world. Those guys are not just doing that for the, uh, and girls, they're not doing that just for the camera. This is how they actually operate in their business. This is what made them successful. So it's no different for the publishing world. They have expectations. Maybe not all of them you, you might consider fair. Maybe not all of them are, are, are the easiest things to, to have to consider. But again, this is what their position is. So either you don't write anymore to get books published, or you find another publisher that maybe has some expectations that you think you can meet, or you just try to figure out yourself and, and, and how you can convert yourself to, to learn to do some of these things. Because once you do, you're going to have a better chance of getting something out there. And guess what? Once you do, you're never going to stop doing this again because you only have other books out there. They're going to expect the same thing, and now you're ready to do it. And now you've had an established track record, and now things are going to be a little bit easier for you. 
uh, that easier, but they will be easier, you know? So please keep all of these things in mind when we're going forward with all this. I try to cover as much as I possibly can under the circumstance. It doesn't mean that, again, this doesn't mean this is the Bible to all marketing for writers. It doesn't mean I've given you every example possible out there, okay? What it does mean, although, is this, and more than just a nutshell, this is really the bulk of what you're going to experience and what, what's expected of you. So go out there and start putting these things together. Get your site out there. Start beefing up the, 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 social, the social presence. You know, so, I mean, you got stuff you can put out there so that people can sample right away. Hey, what do you think about this, guys? It, is, uh, it doesn't hurt. Just put stuff out there that's, you know, generally relevant to what you're trying to do, okay? That's all you really got to do. And just try to get it out there and, and, and just build it from there. It's really essential to start that way. This is the basic marketing for writers, folks, and that's basically what you, you have to do. you have any other questions, let me know. I wouldn't be surprised if I visit this subject again in, in a long a long show like, like this one. Probably won't be this year. But it'll happen again, I'm sure, as I, uh, new things are come about or, or, or new things that can be done. I, I'd be happy to share them when, when people tell me things. I hear it from people all the time. I just try to take things that make sense. Because unfortunately, a lot of stuff I hear, again, are, the, are, are those are those uh, those Bigfoot fantasy stories. Yeah, I got an uncle in the... You know, Please disregard that sort of stuff and, and, and get serious about what you're going to do because I can promise you those publishers, they can be everything that you say there are underneath your breath. They're jerks. They're insensitive. They're greedy. They don't know art. Hey, that could all be true. But they are one thing and they are always one thing, always. They are serious about what they're trying to do. Okay? They're going to get their money back and more. That's what their job is to do, okay? I don't even take them serious when they talk about, you know, art and we love to contribute to literature and yeah, blah, blah, blah. I don't even take any of that stuff seriously, okay? That's just, that, that's just PR nonsense, okay? They're a business. Learn to convert yourself into their thinking long enough to get into there and then you can go from there. If you don't, you know, you're always going to say, I don't understand. Well, that's your problem. Until you do understand how they operate, you're not going to get anywhere. Okay, and then when you say to yourself or you say to your agent, I thought you're supposed to do all this. And you know, the agent's just like, yeah, I'm here to take 10 percent of something that might actually get sold. You're supposed to know a lot of this stuff. Even the agent can only teach you so much. You remember? And oftentimes, <clears throat> and I know you're going to find this incredible to hear. The agent isn't always going to give you all this business advice. They expect that you, you've learned this already or and, and that you already had this stuff in, in prepared. And some of them actually say, just like a publisher, if you're not prepared for all this, we're not even going to sign you on. Okay, So they expect all that to get done because they don't want to talk about that. What an agent wants to talk about <clears throat> is only one thing. The validity of your book, if it's written well enough, if it's going to be uh, angled or, or marketed to that angle or that genre that the publisher can have so that they can have a successful sale and they can get their money. That's it. That's all they're doing. Anything else, either it's uh, from the grace of God, if you ever get anything else, <clears throat> excuse me, or they are simply just going off on the checklist, a soulless checklist. Okay, Mr. Johnson, you got the um, personal website, check. You got the social media presence, check. Okay, um, 
you, you got the, the book uh, finished uh, check um, uh, did you get it professionally edited or, 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 or proofread or, or, or did somebody to really go in there oh, yes I did check that's it all right, so don't think that they're doing something really special for you. Basically, all that stuff they're asking you, you should already have that done. That, that's what they, they want to know about the book itself. That's when you get to learn about things about your book. That's what they're going to do. Because they're going to actually read it, okay? If you have an agent before you get a publisher, the first people that's going to really read your book is, is the agent. And they're reading it because they want to know the salability of it. And that's why they're going to be talking to you about things of that nature. And you got to be prepared for that, obviously. And that, that might seem like the easier part of this whole thing. And maybe it is. But they're not going to be there to give you all this business advice. you got to get that somewhere else. And guess what, folks? I'm sorry just to say this, but the agents are not really there to go through that contract either. Their whole job is to get you a, a, a darn contract. They're not there to, to scrutinize it. God forbid they piss off the uh, the publisher and they lose their money. They lose their deal. They're there to get paid, remember? They're there to get paid. So they don't care if the contract is unfair to the to the writer or not. They don't care how ruthless it is or how nice it is. Or, that's not their job. Their job is just to get you that. Your job is to have the lawyer to go check it out. Because a lot of times agents are not going to do that. I've heard in the past there's been a few agents that have been decent enough to point a few things out. Hey, uh, we got this contract. By the way, you, you might want to ask them about this. And really what they're just simply saying is, is that, you know, get a lawyer and then tell the lawyer, hey, there's a couple of things my agent says I should look at. And that's what you need to be doing. This is not something you're going to be shooting an email over to the publisher to talk to, you know, assistant reader number six about, okay? Because they don't know, they don't care, they don't have the authority, okay? And that's about it. So this stuff, again, you are responsible for. You're responsible for all of that. You have to have it in, in, in place. And you have to be ready to do that. Because understanding the roles of the people that are going to be involved in this project for you is, is really half the game to get your, your book published. You have to know the roles. And it doesn't even hurt. Okay? Because you can read on a website all day long about all the stuff the agent says they're going to do for you. Because sometimes they'll put that out there. Big deal. It doesn't mean anything. You need to ask the direct questions on the phone or in person if, if it comes to that. What do you actually do? And what are you going to do for me? You have to ask these questions, just like all the publishers, just like writers, they're all different. They all, different agencies offer different things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Different agents offer different things. Please don't go on assumptions. Yeah, my um, brother-in-law, he got a book published and his agent did this, so that's probably what I'm going to get. No, you might not get anything like that. And my person might have been specially cool. They might be throwing a little extra bone in there. For the hell of it. Who knows? But they're not all going to do that. Some don't do a whole lot of anything. Some really just simply do. Because this is their role. And this is their job. Get a book that can be sold. Make sure this book is as good as it possibly can be. And then get it over to the publisher or somebody they know. Because their whole job is to tap somebody on the shoulder over there. Hey uh, Joyce. I know that um, you have uh, 75 billion books to read. Uh, but um, I'm, you know, I'm representing this guy and oh, this girl, and I like you to check this out first. That's what they're doing. They're getting you ahead of the line. That's it. That's important. Don't get me wrong, but that's it. 
Okay? They're not doing anything else. Right? They're not doing script consultation. and <laughs> They're not doing lawyer stuff. They're not doing contract review. None of that stuff. That's all the stuff you need to start getting ready for when, it, when the time comes. And it will come. Okay? There's no leading up to it either. It, it comes. It's in the dead of night. Boom. Through an email. Through a phone call. A lot of times people just get the phone call. Like my friend, he got that phone call. In the middle of childcare. You just don't know when it's going to come. 8 o'clock at night. Ring, ring, ring. Yeah, this is Billy Bob Publishers. We want this book. We want to offer you this. What do you think? Yeah, okay. We'll send the stuff by courier. Sign the contract. We'll get going. That's it. Never never thought. He never considered the fact that, hey, maybe I need to get a lawyer on this. No. $250,000? Really? They want all three books even though I only wrote one? Yeah. They mentioned briefly about marketing? Okay. Sounds cool. Hey, hey, let's let's have a party. Yeah. So understand what they do. Find out what they do. Ask the questions, folks. There's nothing worse than being a, a writer and being shy about what you want to do. It, to me, I, I I find it in my own personal feelings, and I and I mentioned it publicly as well. I, I find it kind of productive to be that way. You you, you can't be in a shell, but you you want to talk to the world. Come on now, you know. These people, they want answers. You know, I'm not really good with people, but I know how to write. Well, guess what? Learn how to be good with people because you're going to have to market the book. That involves people, people helping you, people you're talking to. Or what you could do is keep writing books, good or bad, keep sending it out there. Keep getting rejections until maybe once in a million you finally get somebody that maybe they will take it and they won't do much for you and they won't ask much for you and you don't have to have any contact and that's fine. Okay? Maybe in, in, in 10 or 15 years maybe that will happen for you and that's how you want to go about it. No one says you can't do that. It's not the best way to spend your time. You might have 25 novels written by then and, you know, what does that do for you? Some people think that that's a, that's a good plan. It's up to you on that. It really is. I'm telling you, that's not really practical. That's not really a great thing. I, I don't. I know too many writers that they wouldn't last 25 years or, or 10 years waiting around. That's the kind of society we live in, and unfortunately, it's infected a lot of writers. You know, they they think this is like a 7-Eleven, but there are no shortcuts, folks. 7-Eleven is a shortcut. I will give you this bottle of soda, but I'm going to charge you a dollar more than if you just get it at the supermarket. Because you don't want to go to the supermarket and stand in line. And you don't want to go to the supermarket and have to buy other things. You don't want to drive further. So I'm conveniently close to you, but I'm going to charge you a dollar more for it. I'm charging you for your convenience. Some people don't want that. They want everything right now. Well, writing is not a right now field. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not at all. It's hard. It, it's, it's difficult uh, work. Uh, and quite frankly, if you want to stay in writing... You, you need to know more about marketing. You need to also put on a marketing hat and you need to know something about how the, how the business of that sort of thing works with lawyers, with, with agents, with publishers. No one says you have to be an expert, but, you, but I find better than not that if you're willing to ask the questions that make sense, that's all you have to do. Be a questioner and inquirer about things. You don't have to be an expert, but you do ask the questions. No one says you can't. They're not going to get offended. You know, if, I, if you take me on, what are you going to do for me? You need to know that. So you need to know what part you're going to do, what part they're going to do. 
And then make sure that when you find this out, you know, you hold them to it. I know a few writers that actually made sure that they got a contract from the agent. Some agents do this and some agents don't. You would be surprised how many agents don't even do things by contract. It's all verbal. To me, I don't know how that's helpful. What happens if they change their mind? What happens if they decide to do some things that they didn't agree to? What happens if they do things that they said they were going to do they didn't do? So it, it would be helpful to have something more more you know permanently down there so you, you see what kind of field you guys are doing. So definitely consider that as well. Okay? All right, well, I'm going to wrap this show up. Uh, we obviously will have more in the future about this. I try to be as thorough, as comprehensive as I can. You know, I'd love to be really, really upbeat and positive about things because that's how I am about writers and, and, and writing in general. But when I'm talking about a subject like this, you, you can't be any more serious. I mean, I try to make a joke now and then. You know, I, I try to be uh, you know, as, as positive as I personally can be. But I also find, too, that, you know, too many people out there, they're so positive about this sort of stuff that you got to get suspicious. Okay, well, you, are you just trying to sell me a book about writing? Uh, are you just trying to steer me over to your brother-in-law who happens to be an agent? You know, do you really have anything out there? Are you just telling me stuff just because it's it's fun to be a, you know, a hallmark, uh, you know, mimic or something? I, I get I get more suspicious about that. People tend to be more serious if they're telling you something that it's harder work and they're giving you steps to to try to get it done. I, I always take something like that more serious than somebody that's trying to tell me something that's convenient. Or, or things that I might want to hear. Or things that just sounds kind of easy. Uh, that's why you know, right now, if anyone tells you anything about writing is easy, run away from those people at the top speed that you can physically, okay? Because there isn't anything writing about, uh, easy about writing. But it's still, it's still a beautiful thing. It's still a, a joyous thing, in my opinion. It's still one that has almost a spiritual element to it. And it's still one that, that has a nobility, regardless of the new age that we live in. We just need to learn ourselves as writers to adapt to it, and we can become successful. Until next time, folks, God bless. You take care. This is Strength to be Human. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com. <laughs>